Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? What's going on, Logan? It's been a while since we've teamed up. It has been a long time. But it's the new year. It is the new year. We're cranking into the new year. We're a little ways into the new year. Uh, two weeks, in fact, precisely. Two weeks into the... Yeah, when this comes out. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good call. I threw you good off call. there, didn't I? And we've done uh, quite a few of the Back to Basics. We're going to mm-hmm. do the last one of the back, back to the Basics today, where we're talking about wealth creation. But first... But the Basics never really end. The Basics... They don't end. why we bring them back every year. Yeah, exactly. We bring them back, and a lot of our questions, we still go back to some of these core principles, which are so important. But... I do have a question for you. How did fantasy end? Did you make it? Did you win? Did you? How did you do? I came in fifth place. So I mediocre. also came in fifth place. <laughs> Out of what? Twelve? How yeah, many are in I my had league? Twelve. 12? Yeah. I had twelve as well. Um, so it's not horrible. Solid mid pack. My I don't know a lot about football as people who've listened this whole season know, but with the people that I had in my lineup, that's a pretty weak mm. showing, and basically. The playoff game that I had, where I got knocked out of the playoff running, the guy I played just, he had some flyers that just went. Just went nuts. Any of you want to run home to mama? Now's your chance. Don't just stand there trying to think. Come on, move it! It seems like that happens every playoff. There's like one team that like their team just starts they, going nuts and they have 40 points a play. Yeah, player. they went crazy. And then what's irritating is if you look at how I would have been matched up in the next two games, I would have won both of those. Wow, that's brutal. Which happened last year as well. Like I got knocked <laughs> out and then my score – because I, I tend to have good rosters. Well, here's what happened. They have an off week at the You have time. some really good players for Dallas and Dallas fell apart in they the week did. that you lost. And then CeeDee Lamb continued to have the next a million week. points the next week. Yeah, so that was brutal. Uh, but, no, the guy who won ours uh, was well-deserved champion of our league. He went, like, 11-3. and three. Does that sound right? 11-3. and Wow, yeah. So he just I mean, he was just it. dominating yeah. the entire season. So, yeah, it was pretty clear. Pretty clear that uh, – in fact, I'm glad that he made it and didn't, like, get bumped out on a – technicality or bad week because mm. he had such a strong, strong well system. our our league the person that won barely made the playoffs they yeah. made it on the last week they won their game and that's how they got into the playoffs and then they ended up going through and winning it all which was okay. crazy and so we had little. someone that had lost two games underdog story big under big, big underdog story which i don't like because i was like that's kind on. of fun though it is fun. It was cool. It was crazy to watch. They end up winning by like one and a half points. So Ooh, you had a much more entertaining finish than we did. I was. I was like actually watching other people's points go up. That was kind of crazy. Really, ours but. were just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> it just but kind of faded. The fun thing that I think is going to be really exciting is in a couple of weeks we're going to do the loser of our league. We have a punishment for them, where we're going to go to a local karaoke bar and. The other members get to pick a song that he has to sing by himself up on stage. It's going to be pretty fun. I've been called the songbird of my generation. Nice. This is why I don't play games with you. <laughs> I'm super excited. It's going to be far too competitive for me. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. Okay, back to the basics. Let's go. Uh, so, again, just to recap what we've talked about, we've gone through budgeting mm-hmm. and how to budget, creating a budget. 
we've gone through kind of that process and how you get along the ways. We've then gotten to margin that Quentin and I talked about a couple episodes ago. Allie and I just talked about debt snowball, paying off debt, getting that taken care of, getting that out of the way. And I know we mentioned mortgage and that that is not necessarily one of those steps in the debt hierarchy. But now we're to the fun stuff. So now we're to... Yeah. Building wealth. So at this point, you've got fast cash, you've got an emergency fund, you've got debt paid off or a pretty aggressive plan in place mm-hmm. where you're on that trajectory in pretty short order. I don't know, in the next six to 18 ish months, you know, you're really kind of aggressively getting after that, uh, minus kind of the mortgage. Right. As you guys talked about in the last episode. And so now it's just time to crush it. Yeah. Now it's time to build wealth and. That that's the whole point of DIY money is to eventually get to the point where you're building wealth for your family, for future generations, for all of that. So we start out, and I think we don't mention this enough, but we we uh, always believe that when you're first starting out on the process, there's free money to be had in a 401k match. Mm-hmm. So making sure you're getting that 401k match early on is very, very important. But now you're at the point where, okay, you have margin that you've established, you've paid off your debt, and now with the debt paid off, you probably have more margin. What do you do with that at this point? So It's like margin on margin. And I think that's what what gets discouraging when people hear this episode, when they're on the early steps, Mm -hmm. is they feel like, how am I ever going to have enough to create wealth? Yeah, if I have $50 a month of margin, how am I ever going to have significant assets, but you might have debt payments that Mm -hmm. are taking another couple hundred dollars or thousand dollars every month that you're paying towards. Knocking those out then give you that additional margin that allows for wealth creation. You'll be amazed when you get to this step, if you're on one of the earlier steps, how much extra margin that you will have as long as you don't inflate the rest of your lifestyle as that debt gets paid off. That margin will just compound and you'll now have, because you'll now be in a rhythm and being used to kind of living at that kind of set lifestyle, you'll now have created a significant margin that you can utilize for wealth creation. So if you're on one of those early steps and you're listening to this episode, hang in there because you're just going to gradually create that margin and really just have some breathing room. And this part is going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So to start off... I think that this is a simplification, but I heard from one of my mentors that there's really only three ways in order to build long-term wealth. Those three ways, real estate, stocks, and um, a business. So real estate, stocks, and a small business is not necessarily small business, but business ownership and, and building up a business. So I think those are the three main ways in order to build up wealth. Yeah, you could put money into a savings account and just have cash and stuff build up. But if you truly want to build generational wealth, those are the three ways. And what we're saying when we're saying wealth and what it takes to build wealth, because you pointed out really good with a savings account, is you would inevitably have to generate a return beyond inflation. Your money has to work for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so things like savings accounts, treasuries... I bonds, CDs at banks, things that you utilize to save might have an interest rate attached to them, but odds are they're going to, at best, keep up with inflation, maybe slightly more, sometimes mm-hmm. actually slightly less. And so in those cases, you're not actually creating wealth. You're just kind of 
maintaining cash. You're keeping it up. You're right. You're just keeping up with the cost of goods and that increase. Exactly. So a story I love to tell, we're, we're stock market guys. So we invest for folks in stocks and bonds, and that's how we invest. Now, if you go down the real estate or you go down the business road, that could be a great road for you. That could be something you're passionate about. I'm not that into real estate because I don't want to be going in being a landlord and taking someone to court at some point or doing any of that kind of stuff, but it could be a great model for some people. So when I talk about the stock market, I love to tell the car payment millionaire story of what could happen if instead of making those debt payments, you were able to take that cash and you're able to apply it towards putting it into the stock market. So Daniel, I know you know this, but the typical car payment, which now it's probably above this, but the average car payment about two years ago was about $500 for Americans. So astronomical. it's so much, it's so much, $500 a month that's going towards just driving your car, right? And that's not putting gas in and all the other stuff that goes with a car. I hate cars. Sorry. We always to talk put this, this into context, our family, cause we've paid off our cars a while ago. Our family sort of earmarks about 600-ish a month Mm -hmm. to go into a savings account to save for replacement vehicles for both of our vehicles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is effectively a $300 per month kind of of payment that we're paying, you know, per car. But you're saying the average actual payment, not family payment, but like... For one car. For one car. For one car, the average payment is $500 a month. So, and now with interest rates higher, it's probably more than that. So, $500 a month. If you took that $500 a month, and instead of putting it towards a car payment, a depreciating asset that when you sell it, you're probably not going to get nearly what you paid for it. If you took that $500 a month, each and every month, and you put it into the S&P 500... So you put it into the stock market. And we did some math. The S&P 500 historically over the last 100 years or so has returned about 10% annually each and every year. If you took that $500 a month, put it into the S&P 500. Let's do some math, Daniel. $500 a month, how much a year? 6000 per year. 6000 per year over 10 years? That's 60000 Okay, over 30 years. That's... Six and six is twelve plus another six is eighteen. A hundred and eighty thousand, right? A hundred and eighty thousand dollars that you take and you put into the S and P five hundred over a thirty year lifespan. So typically, working years thirty to forty years for someone. So if you took that five hundred dollars a month, you're putting in the S and P five hundred. Hundred and eighty thousand dollars go in. Daniel, you know the answer, but when I ask people when I'm doing a class or doing a seminar and I say, okay, if you did that and you put $180,000 in, how much with a 10% return would that money be at the end of that 30 years? I haven't actually looked in the illustration in forever. Well, so that's okay. So You have your computer in front of you. So you'll remind <laughs> so, me. So a lot of the time we have folks that are like, oh, okay, well, 10% return. Uh, let's do the math. That's be 18000 that you get on $180,000. Well, but wait. You're getting compound interest. Mm-hmm. It's not just a simple interest. Every time you're putting that $500 in, the first $500 that you put in the very first month, after a year, that's $550. And then after the next year, that $550 not only grows another $50, but it grows an additional 5 because now your 550 has so interest. So the return is now 55 instead of 50 Exactly. So then that continues to compound over time. So what happens, that 180000 it's not 
18,000 that you get over that 30 years, a lot of people guess, okay, well, then maybe it doubles. Maybe it's 360,000. Maybe it's uh, 500,000. And I get these different guesses that come. It's a million dollars. So this scenario is called the car payment millionaire. $500 a month. Each month for 30 years, you're a millionaire. It's like $990,000. Another week or so, you're a millionaire after that 30-year time period. Hey, bud. Let's party. (laughs) The power of compound interest is crucial when you're thinking about, hey, I don't have a lot, but I've paid off my debt, and now I have a couple hundred dollars a month that I can put into something. I can invest and invest for the future. It adds up over Mm -hmm. time. It really, really does, and it's super, super powerful. So... Then, if you took that and you just continued that out, so if you're starting in your 20s right now and you're paying off debt and you're going through this strategy and maybe you have a, instead of a 30-year time period, you have a 40-year time period for working, how much do you think that would be if you're doing $500 a month? It's not a million. No, it should be exponentially higher because it's compounding. Exactly. So another 10 years that you're adding on to the end, it's not going up to 1.5. It's not even going up to 2. It's 2.5 million adding another 10 years on. So that $500 a month may seem small, but over time makes a massive, massive difference in your long-term plan and your long-term wealth creation. What else do you say, Daniel? Uh, Yeah, I think, I mean, that shows exactly the power of what that margin is going to do when you create it and especially why it's important not to inflate your lifestyle to start utilizing some of those assets. Also, the fact that these small differences or these small sort of uh, savings, investing, et cetera, over time are going to create great sort of opportunities mm-hmm. for you. Um, and it's the same way, really, when you look at, say, starting a business or starting in real estate. I mean, investing is a long-term game. I mean, if you think about uh, most elements of investing, the the what determines your ending balance is – your contributions, that could be dollars or sweat equity, mm-hmm. your rate of return, and your time horizon. So in something like, say, starting a business or owning a business or something like that, you can actually have pretty astronomical rates of return compared to, say, the stock market. Stock market, you're investing in well-established companies. Yep. They grow um, at a pretty well-established company rate. So you know they're increasing their earnings on a per-year basis. Right, depending on the type of company, it could be somewhere between three and twenty percent per year is what they're increasing their earnings, right? And if you're paying a multiple of those earnings as an investor, that's effectively over the long term kind of the return you're gonna get for a you know, a particular company. Obviously there's cases where in the short term companies do much more or much less. But kind of figuratively speaking, right? That's the return type of returns you see on a individual company basis, and you aggregate those into an index. And that's where you get kind of that 10%, right, in the S&P 500. However, you think about a small company like a mom-and-pop company or, you know, when we started this business or folks that we know in sort of uh, general industrial businesses like, you know, plumbing businesses, electrical businesses, HVAC businesses, real estate businesses, all of those. When you have a small business, you can grow at an exponential rate because you're starting small. So if you're starting small, if you have $100,000 of revenue in one year, you can grow that from 100,000 to 250 or 500 
pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, not easily necessarily, but pretty quickly, you know, compared to Apple growing their revenue by 5x from what it is today. Right. It's just the way the numbers work. And so your uh, your sweat equity is your input into that more than likely, maybe a little bit of cash investments. Your returns can be pretty significant. And if you give that enough time horizon, that business can do really well. Kind of same thing in real estate. If you start kind of with that sort of one fixer upper small sort of rental and then kind of snowball that into the next thing over and over, your rates of return can be potentially, again, if you're putting in things like sweat equity, some of your own capital could potentially be higher than just the general stock market. I know you and I, we've not gotten into real estate yet. Maybe sometime in the future we will. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it would have to be as kind of like you said, you and I are pretty similar temperaments. So if we get into real estate, it's going to be a passive real... We're going to be like <laughs> the money in the real estate, maybe the brains, maybe, I don't know. But we're going to have to have a management team that's doing the work for us um, and dealing with tenants and stuff like that because that's just not... You and I don't like to be hands-on in real estate. So that is what it is. Um, you know, Maybe we'll dabble in things like other companies and stuff like that some, somewhere along the way, being investment people. But you and I tend to take more of an investment approach. Quint likes to be really hands-on. Um, he's yeah. dabbled in properties, uh, small business investments, obviously, and then the stock market as well. So he kind of has dabbled in all three of those um, as well in both active and passive kind of ways. Yeah, and you don't have to just choose one path. You can be on multiple paths. You can do just like Quint does stock, real estate, you can do business. You can be a part of different different uh, That's diversification. Right. Yeah. It's that's real diversification beyond like just stock diversification. That's diversifying your income streams and your investment returns. So yeah, if you're a small business owner, you should probably also be invested in stocks along the way, you know, your Mm -hmm. retirement plan, et cetera. But I think some of the most powerful wealth creators that we've seen as small business owners are small business owners that not only own their business revenue stream, but they also own the building yeah, that yeah. their business is in or you know that their business used to be in, but their business moved and now they're renting that out to another business. And, and they have like retirement accounts that they do through their business that they exactly. save in and that they build up cash in the stock market or something like that. So there's a lot of different paths. There's a reason we have this podcast, and obviously a lot of it goes back to the basics, paying off debt, building up cash. But a lot of our episodes that we have are about strategies to build wealth. So I encourage you to listen to those different episodes. I have two other things I want to mention. The first, there's no shortcuts. So through this whole process, through the whole basics process, there's no shortcuts. You can't just jump from one area to the other area in most cases and If it feels like there's some kind of deal that's offered, I see these all the time, there's some kind of return, there's some investment that you just get rich quick. The get rich quick uh, schemes, they don't work. I mean, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. So you have to be careful. You have to be disciplined. Remember, when you're putting that $500 a month into your accounts, after 20 years, it actually hasn't grown that much. You're not that close to the million. You're not even actually, I think you're right around maybe the halfway point, 500,000. But that last 10 years is where your compound interest takes effect. So remember that. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It takes time. It takes discipline. It takes work, just like Daniel's talking about a small business or whatever it is. The second thing I'll mention, keep it simple especially when we're talking about investing in the stock market, even investing in in real estate, make sure you understand what you're investing in. Make sure you do your research. When we talk about stock markets, we try to encourage people. Index 
ETFs, mutual funds that are, are tracking something that you know you understand. You're not going out and buying something crazy because you heard your buddy down the street said you could make a 50% return this year on it. So again, keep it simple. Avoid the get-rich-quick schemes, and you, you got it. Anything else to add, Daniel? I think that covers it. Yeah, I mean, just patience, prudence, and I don't know. Is there another P? Patience, prudence, and profits. There you go. <laughs> that works. Just throwing one out of there. I don't know. You college guys are all alike. I think you put it really well. Be patient. Be skeptical of, like, the random mm-hmm. uh, social media or online ads for any of the sort of courses, mm-hmm. schemes, whatever you want to call them. Be skeptical of some of those. Obviously, educate yourself. Um, education is an investment by and large, right? Um, doesn't necessarily mean you should go take loads of student loans and go back a step mm-hmm. getting in debt. But educate yourselves on things like investments in the stock market, things like that. So you can actually talk and, and sort of uh, talk the language and, and really understand what's happening uh, in a lot of those things. But to do that, you can go to your local library and read loads of books yeah. on business and investment and things like that. You don't necessarily need a, a course for three easy payments by somebody who's kind of hawking that with Facebook ads <laughs> yep. and stuff like that. Yep. There's not um, there's not tons of secrets like that. the The path to wealth creation is simple, and the information is readily available. For sure. So don't feel like you have to <clears throat> go put some some expensive course or something like that on your credit Yeah, and I encourage people to ask why. So Mm -hmm. if a company has gone down 50% in value, why is that? Why is that stock down? If there's an opportunity for a deal that happens where you're getting offered a 20% return from someone, well, why is that person that's investing not going to a bank and getting a loan for that money? Mm -hmm. I mean, ask why questions. And then educate yourself and figure it out because there could be some great deals out there that you're you're involved in. There could be a great opportunity for a stock that's been beaten up 50%. But make sure you do your research, you ask why, and you're going to be on the path for wealth creation. I encourage all of you out there, stay on it, be patient, keep going after it. Whether you're on step one or you're all the way to this wealth creation step, just keep going down that road. We're going to start back episodes, so you'll hear the next episode. We're going back to our questions. Send us those questions at podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. The secret to wealth really is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do it for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.